0: good morning sack city thanks for following wherever you download your podcast you want to see what this city has to offer join us live on youtube every wednesday through friday at 10 a.m eastern and don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the best nfl content on the interwebs Sac city baby
1: Sack City. Welcome into another episode of the Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the mukesiah Mukes. And below us, we have your boy A.J. Johnson. It is a beautiful August 9th morning here in the city. Episode 64 is about to kick off. And really, guys, this is the real deal. Like, this is it. Like all of our oh. other shows were fun. They were great. They were entertaining. <sighs> they were inf- they were informative. They were everything. They were great, but not as great as what we're about to really get into because the season is right around the corner. Preseason has already started with the Jaguars and the Raiders. If you missed our coverage on that game, go check it out on YouTube right now, but we're getting into our team by team previews starting tonight with the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. And really this just starts a whole new regime of a Sac City podcast, a podcast that really no one has ever seen before. We have not had a full season of Sack City Pod, and it's about to get crazy.
0: AJ, how are you doing this morning? Doing fantastic. It's lovely to be back here with you fellas, talking our wonderful favorite sport of football. Uh, I like what we're kicking it off with uh, this week one matchup. That's uh, pretty, uh, pretty what's that word uh when you're really waiting on something you can't you you just it's just it's around the corner you can't get there so you know you know how it goes many words are hard like anticipation maybe i mean that's a good one that's not the word i was looking for it counts it works but i'm excited for it it's week one it's a match that we've all been waiting for the suspense is killing me i can't wait to get there so you're on the edge uh, of your seat
1: you're on your no, toes. I, I, liter- I literally I
0: am on both of those. <laughs> so, <laughs> but either way, uh, I, I like I like where this is going. I, I think we're gonna still be informative, still be fun, still be energetic. All those things you said we were before. it got to the real deal. Now it's just a real deal plus all that extra stuff. So, uh, so buckle up, guys. It's about to get real in this mother. <laughs>
1: harder hitting is really what it's harder hitting is what we're really going for. The Saxby podcast. Been watching some baseball. You-
0: oh gross
1: Gr- gross why would you do such a thing that is that okay all right uh all right well let's let's uh, like i said we're gonna go get into the uh broncos and the seahawks excuse me the broncos and the seahawks in just a few moments and their team previews but first can, can,
2: can we give can we give a little bit of a of a background as to what we're doing here over the next 30 something days by all means sir the floor is yours yeah, so you know, you bring up the Seahawks and the Broncos, and everybody's like, well, why'd you pick these two teams? Well, it's simple. Look, week one is right around the corner. We got about a month, like AJ said. So what we are going to do is we are going to go each day we are on the air, outside of our fantasy show, we're going to break down two teams. And these two teams are going to be in-depth. We're going to go offense, defense. We're going to talk about schedules. We're going to talk about what we're looking forward to this year. Um, we're going to give you some rankings, and we are going to break down two teams every show until we get to week one. And we are going based upon the week one matchup in reverse order starting with the monday night football matchup in week one and we will go all the way back with the fall matchup between the bills and the rams week one thursday night which will happen a few days before that so um, there's going to be a lot of content coming over the next few weeks and it's going to be in-depth analysis like the like the fellows mentioned and uh it's going to be a lot of fun so we're excited for that and um just you know if you're looking for a specific team just understand we are going in reverse order from the games of the of week 1. So your team will get in there, we promise you, we will touch all 32 teams over the next, you know, 30 days.
1: Yeah, and and with those team previews, we're we're really we're going to be diving into everything with it including record predictions and I got a little game for you guys. I got a little game for you guys on on oh. some odds and some props. We'll also be slowly unveiling our 32 team preseason rankings uh, i'm sure we'll get a lot of people that don't like that our our uh, our our assessments and some people might actually enjoy our assessments but let us know in the comments section below uh how you feel about that let's get into our morning headlines now presented by manscaped body wash get your manscaped body wash today by heading over to manscaped.com get their ultra premium body wash that's infused with aloe vera and sea salts keep your skin feeling clean And fresh, AJ. What is that? Was it? What is it that we say? So fresh and so clean. Clean. Is that how it goes? Is that how we say it? Clean,
0: clean. There it is. Get get your manscape.
1: Get your manscape body wash today and keep yourself feeling fresh and clean. It's time for our morning headlines. And first, we get into Kareem Hunt asking for a trade from the Cleveland Browns. He wants out, and actually, the Cleveland Browns did exactly what they did to Baker Mayfield and said no. So Kareem Hunt asks for a trade. Cleveland says no. Aaron, where does Kareem Hunt land? Does anybody trade for him? What are your thoughts on this trade request?
2: Um, I don't really understand it. I, if, I'm, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm pretty upset, to be honest. We're talking about a guy who was out of the league, who gave him a chance to come back in the league and play. It was the Cleveland Browns. And then they signed him to an extension, and he got paid again uh, with the Cleveland Browns. And now he's looking for more money. And again, don't get me wrong. I understand it. 27-year-old running back. Um, he wants to get paid again. He's in the final year of his deal, but for him to to do it now, all off season, he could have said, "Hey, I want a new contract." To so wait until now to come out and say, "Hey, I want a new contract," and I'm not going to. To attorney that's a little bit of uh, a little bit of bad timing there. But look, Kareem Hunt's a valuable asset to that offense. I'm talking about a guy that's been a leading rusher in the NFL, he was. Uh, the number one back on kansas city as a rookie then comes to cleveland and kind of filled a role of the pass catching back behind the nick chubb or when nick chubb goes out he's been able to kind of fill in for him but i tell you what if i'm cleveland i say no too there's no Kareem hunt has no leverage here you have nick chubb on your roster and a very good backup in dearness johnson but, and kareem but, hunt is a but, free agent next year so if he wants to sit out the entire year by all but, means, but, Good but luck Aaron. You, sir. But Aaron, what what
1: about how like hurtful that is to Kareem Hunt? They did the same thing to Baker Mayfield. It was it was so hurtful. How could you deny that kind of request? What about the
2: players, man? Then tell the players to stop signing these contracts that they want to get out of two years later or a year later. Let Let's be honest. I am perfectly fine with a player who outperforms his contract coming in and saying, "You know what? I, I think I deserve a little bit more money." We would all do it. Ask for a raise when you feel like you deserve a raise. Has Kareem Hunt really done that? Has he really outperformed $6 million a year at the running back position, which is about which is way more than most backup running backs get, play, get paid? I don't think he's outperformed anything. And he's but, going into the final year of his deal. He should play out his contract, go sign somewhere else if he doesn't like what they're paying him, and then move on. I, or sit the bench. Or sit but, down and don't play. But, I don't care. But I'm so tired of these players signing a contract, and then not honoring that contract because they feel like they're worth more money when the numbers actually say they're not.
1: But Aaron, but Aaron, hey, buddy, guy, he's been hurt, but he, in his full season of health, he actually did good. He did good. He's just been did hurt. Did what, what does did good mean? He had, 900, he had 900 yards, right? He's something along those
0: lines. So 10 touchdowns, <laughs> led his team. I mean, in, in touchdowns in overall, I think it was 11, actually, between rushing and receiving that season. His, his, first, his first full so, year was good, and then he got hurt last so, year.
2: So let me ask you this question. For a team that is paying you like a backup and running you like a 50-50, not quite 50-50, 60-40 starter, and you are putting up the 40% numbers of which they expect, and you're getting paid like that, why do you want to raise? What, 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 what tells you you deserve a raise?
0: I mean, the NFL. How much money, let me ask you this
2: question. How much money is Melvin Gordon making? Oh, come on,
0: Probably, man. We what was Google it? That. Eight million, right? <laughs> Wasn't it? Wasn't it eight? One year, eight million, I thought? I could. I definitely could be wrong. This is just I'm what asking. I'm remembering. I'm, I'm, gonna look, I'm I, looking I, it up I, right I, now. I'm looking it up right now. I
2: think you that long ago, I could have found it. Hey.
0: Buddy, buddy, I'm
2: half dying
1: <laughs> over here. Back off. One year, twenty. One year, two point five million. Oh, so Melvin that's...
2: Gordon, who almost ran for a thousand yards last year, is making two point five million, and Kareem Hunt's making six, and he's crying. And they basically play virtually the same exact role in an offense. Get out of here, dude. Go, go, up, cry, bye.
0: Sit the bench. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't think it. that matters, though. I don't think that matters. Two, what do you, what do you play... mean it doesn't matter? Oh, hold, 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 hold to to the players i i mean like I, i'm sorry like i get that it, it, yeah but it doesn't and, make it right but that that's what it, that's what matters to kareem hunt though If they want to throw melvin gordon in my face they can but at the same time if melvin gordon didn't want to fight harder for his money that's on melvin gordon it's not on kareem hunt i he, the same way that these guys wait to for the market to be set so then they can ask for their pay to get a higher is the same reason that you don't know, wait on the guy who goes lower like i'm I'm sorry. If, if I feel I needed that much money, I'm going to ask for it. And again, with these signing of the contracts, this is what they're instructed to do by their agent. You sign the contract and you get your money because one, you can always be traded or two, you can always sign the next deal that comes along. So, I mean, I understand signing the contract when it behooves you and then, yeah, you hope to outperform, but if you don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. Like we said, this uh, is step one, you, you know, you, you, you request realize- to trade and hope for the best. Do you realize Kareem
2: Hunt is in the top ten in running back salaries? Top ten. He's a backup, right. and he's in the top right. ten. He literally also, is number. He, he is literally the eighth highest paid running back this
0: year. I mean, hey, well, if he if you if you argue he has no leverage, maybe this is a little bit that he can try to get and saying that I want to be paid now because he's only going to get one big contract after this. Like, there's so, a, why only does he deserve chance, that this season?
2: After well,
0: I mean, an injury-plagued I mean, injury season, I mean, that could be the same thing I was talking about with Debo Samuel. You know, you were injury-plagued. If you think, if you can see that value that you had a season ago when you had a full season, you're trajecting to be on a full year this year. and You get but paid that's now the to play it out.
2: That you can This is what my issue is. It's not that he, it's not that he's asking for more money, just specifically that it's he's asking for money, but didn't have a Debo Samuel season. Yeah. His best season on Cleveland was 800 yards, and he had 11 touchdowns. Good job. But he's not a full-time starter. They have a guy, Nick Chubb, who is their go-to running back. So if I'm Cleveland, I'm looking at you ask me for more money being the eighth-highest-paid running back on an annual per-year basis. I'm like, no. Like, What, what makes you think I'm going to give you more money when i got a running back that's better than you on my roster, number one? And you're the eighth-highest-paid running back in the NFL already. It makes zero sense for him to do it right now except for him trying to protect himself. And I get it. I'm not knocking him for doing it. I'm just saying it's laughable to me to think he's that. Cleveland Browns would actually cave and give it to him. Of course, I, they're not going to give it to
1: him. I have I have one little question about this, though. You brought up this point earlier, talking about the, the like, why he's doing this at this point. What about the fact that, and when I brought this up the, uh, the other day when we were talking Browns a new system coming into the Browns offense. Obviously it's, you argue that it wasn't going to be like a new system. They're just changing quarterbacks. Now they have a more competent quarterback. What if it is a new system, a little bit more of a new system in Cleveland where there's a less of a role for a cream hunt. Maybe he's seeing it during camp and seeing it during every, during, during these meetings where it's like, Oh shit, they're going to use me less this year. And obviously wow. on a one year deal or with one year remaining, he's like, I'm not going to be able to to show my worth at the end of the season because I'm not going to be used that much. So by the time the season ends, I'm going to be like, Oh shit. I want, I want to be a, a, a very good, a very nicely paid running back, but I'm not going to be able to get that because I'm not going to be used in this system that I have now seen through at least through camp that, Hey, I'm not, I might not be able to be used like I used to be. What about, what about He's that not in
2: camp, right?
0: Is he in Three camp? He's there. He's just sitting out. He's started sitting out drills this so, week.
2: So- I don't, I don't I don't I don't really follow the not being used part. I don't know what new offense you're referring to. But uh, Deshaun well, Watson I, being just... there means them throwing the ball, which would mean actually he's probably used more, but uh because he's the pass catching guy. But um I, I don't really I don't really follow that logic. I, I would say the fact is is Kareem Hunt just doesn't have any memory. Didn't have yeah. a season last year that said that points to Cleveland and says, Hey man, you gotta pay this guy. He only had 78 carries last year. So not having the leverage, and then also being paid the way he's getting paid now, whether he's used this year or not, Cleveland's like, we don't have to pay you. Because to be honest, Cleveland's probably not going to bring him back next year anyways, because they're not going to want to pay two running backs when they're going to have to go ahead and pay Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb too. So uh, I'm not sure when Nick Chubb's contract is up, but I don't know. If, I, I know for sure there's going to be a, a point in time where he's going to want to get paid. I believe he already makes, what, $12 million a year? Um, so you're hmm. you're paying twenty million dollars, guys. Like I don't I don't yeah, I don't know. You can't pay that twenty million dollars to a running back. I mean That's Zeke fair. makes fifteen and people are crying about it and he runs for a thousand yards every year. Christian McCaffrey makes sixteen. I'm not paying Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt twenty million dollars of my salary Just not happening.
1: I just want to reiterate the fact that we got to stop hating on the Cleveland Browns front office for these these incidents here. They obviously went through the Baker Mayfield stuff where they said, no, we don't want to trade you. And then that was the whole mess. And now Kareem Hunt is doing a similar thing. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to trade you. And the the Browns are not the bad person here. Like the Browns are not doing anything wrong. Like they're (laughs) they're doing their they're doing their job. Their job is to make this team better. And if Kareem Hunt doesn't want to play, that's on him but they're going to want to keep Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt's a good player. So if he decides, Hey, I want to play then they still have Kareem Hunt. So we got to just stop with the narrative of, of, Oh, the Cleveland Browns are just messing everything up. And they're just, they're just rude. And they're just, they're just mean people
2: just get over it. Get hey, over Dearness it. Johnson, Dearness Johnson re-signed there. They yeah, like him. Yeah, I, exactly. I know they're perfectly fine because the last year when he came in and played ran for 150 yards all over the Denver Broncos defense, which was actually pretty good last year. So yeah, uh, I, I don't, this Kareem Hunt, I just don't get it. I don't get the timing. He doesn't have the leverage, and I don't see the Cleveland Browns caving on this either. Like they didn't really with Baker Mayfield at first until they said, "Oh, damn." Anyways, but um, maybe you see Kareem Hunt get traded. I just don't know who's going to pay him.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. We'll, we'll, we'll come across that when it actually happens. Let's move on to our other headlines here. Justin Tucker becomes the highest paid kicker in the NFL, signing a four year, $24 million deal to stay with the Baltimore Ravens. Then AJ, this is honestly for you. I'm going to give you the platform here to speak on the kickers because kickers Lives matter. Justin Tucker becomes the highest paid kicker in the NFL. What are your thoughts on this move?
0: Man, like you said on our social media today, kickers are people too, despite what I've possibly said about kickers in the past. If there was ever a kicker I spoke bad about, Justin Tucker wasn't it. Uh, obviously, Justin Tucker – one of the most decorated kickers in NFL history he deserves a contract and he gets to stay home with Baltimore who he's enjoyed playing for year in and year out. We're talking about a supremely accurate guy, always around at least 90% uh, on field goals in such of a year, uh, holds the longest field goal in NFL history at 66 yards. Even if it did decide to hit the bottom of the, uh, hit the, uh, the post and pop in, it was still beautiful. Uh, Justin Tucker. I mean, he, he's, he's the guy, he's the goat kicker, if you will. So, uh, Hats off to him, boots off to him, laces out, whichever one you want to say, and uh, let's see if he can maybe hit a 67 yarder this year. Ooh. I'd be all about watching that.
2: That's a man that that's a man that can <laughs> yeah. ask for a ring.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I mean, he's made 91. I mean, that's a good kick. kicker too. Nine, oh, Wow, 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 wow! Damn <laughs> um, good kicker money. 91 uh, percent of Justin Tucker's field goals made over his sports- uh, you said something about goat kicker and we can start talking about guys like uh, Morton Anderson and, and Adam Vinatieri. I'm yeah. right there with you. Justin right Tucker is the greatest kicker I've ever seen. And not because it's just, he's good at kicking. He made the kicker position fun. He yeah. got swag, yeah. confidence. He walks out there every time and tells people I'm going to make this kick no matter what the circumstances are. And he goes out and he makes it clutch. He's been there. Um, To me, again, if I have to start a team with a kicker, and I know that's weird to say, you give me (laughs) Justin Tucker any day of the
0: week. Yeah,
2: One kick on the line from anywhere on the field, in
1: any conditions, ever, I'll take Justin. Tucker. My my dad drafts Justin Tucker in like the tenth round every fantasy draft just because he's no. <laughs> yeah, but that's but stupid. That's, but that's how Justin is, Tucker is. It. He's like guaranteed it. those points in fantasy. Like he's like yeah. it's it's stupid. It's stupid, but it works because he gets those points of like what a wide receiver two or three would get, or wide receiver two or flex position would get in fantasy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's what, crazy.
0: What I digress. leagues are you playing in? Let's <laughs> move on. Kickers are fancy players too, Aaron. <laughs> no, they're we've not. We've got not two more to go into,
1: and they're really regarding the NFL. <laughs> and I'm going to switch it over to you, Aaron, regarding this crackdown on illegal content contact and what that means for the NFL moving forward.
2: Oh boy. here we go. The NFL, right before the season starts, announcing a rule that they're going to crack down on something. This time, it's illegal content, and another disadvantage for the D. Right. We're already moving towards an offensive league. And now we, we all hate illegal contact. It's the worst penalty in the world. Guy runs, maybe he goes seven yards and you kind of give him a little shove to get him out of his, his route. Here comes the flag, five yards and an automatic first. down. And I think this is that's the part that really bothers me, the automatic first down. It could be third and 37. And if you illegal contact somebody five yards or six yards or seven yards on a route, it's an automatic first. down. And I get it. It's an offensive league. To me, this is just another disadvantage to the defense. It's the NFL saying once again that we don't care if you can play defense. We want points scored because we want fantasy football to be prevalent. We want the fans to enjoy it, all the scoring and celebrations, and that's what matters. That's what pays the bills. I'm not a fan of it. Call me a call me an old head or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. I like the physical game of football. I like when the defense has the same advantages that the offense has, and see who's better. And right now, the defensive players in the NFL are such a, a disadvantage that it's becoming more and more like, I'm, I hate to say this, but it's not quite there yet, the Arena League style of football, where the offensive player gets free releases, they can run where they want to go, and it's just unfair. The defensive player's already at a disadvantage when the play starts because they don't know where you're going. And now you want to give guys running advantage, you know, head starts and can't touch them. and So I don't love it, um, but I will be interested to see how it is incorporated through we often see this in the regular season, they're throwing flags, and then the playoffs come. Yeah, there's no flag in the playoff, you know what I mean? They get tight again. It's like the NBA where they blow whistles all year, and then in the playoffs, there's yeah. not too many whistles. So, unless there's a huge impact um, that I think changes the game where we're like, it's pretty clear, I think I'll be okay. But so, uh, so I'm not, I'm not a so last year, officials
1: flagged illegal contact an average of 97 times per season between 2002 and 2020. But that that number dropped to thirty six percent last season, or thirty six times last season. So obviously, this is they saw they saw the issue of it, and they're saying, okay, let's focus on that more. And like you said, it's it, honestly, it's it's what ev- I feel like every sports league goes through. It's that offense, offense, offense. Let's score more points.
2: I just hate when they say yeah. focus on it, like because then it almost tells the fans like we're looking for it now, not hey, let's naturally watch the game and officiate the game like we're supposed to. But, hey, I'm going to be watching so closely that if there's any kind of bump, I'm throwing my flag. And to me, I would have rather had them just say, like, you know, illegal content or illegal contact is something that we need to continue to monitor. Or But when they say they're going to focus or crack down on it, now I'm like, oh, God, every time it's called, people are going to look to this and say they told us that they were going to call every one of them.
0: Do you know. think it's going to is it you think it's going to be like uh where kind of like the turnover rule where they can th- this is one of the reviewable uh penalties I ca- I can't remember if that was how they did illegal cuz we're, we're not talking about targeting at this point right we're talking about 6 7 yards off the line and all that Basically of any any time.
2: contact on a wide receiver after 5 yards
0: so That's trash it, that's that's true. <laughs> because it's, now you're now you're going back to the year where you wanted to talk about pass interference calls, and all you did was offend the judgment of the officials to the point where they weren't even going to keep the calls anyways. So you're, I don't even really see this doing anything but really slowing the game down, and, and then making these calls just when you want to as a ref flex your power. It's the same thought as when like a player runs by you and their shoulder bumps you, and you throw a flag because you made contact with the ref. It's a trash rule. It's trash decision. Mm-hmm. The
2: illegal contact rule, I've never been a fan of. I get it. You Can't have guys giving, bumping people twenty yards down the field so they can't run a route. I get that. Right. But there's illegal contact called in the NFL when yeah. you just touch it. Like, I mean, you just give them a little bit of physical, uh, like mobility or immobilize them a little bit. Um, and to me, that's just it, it's a little bit sticky tack, and I, I never loved the rule, but I definitely don't like that it's an automatic. Allison, does
1: it. the nfl go two for two with making you up with making you guys upset now the aaron Rodgers and his hallucinogenic hallucinogenic drink is now okay with the league does that also make you upset
2: <laughs> oh man i tell you what man listen if i think every player in the nfl should drink that shit if it makes you play the way Aaron Rodgers plays, everybody drink that shit because Aaron Rodgers is the man. I listen, I know people don't like him and they think he's weird, and maybe he is. But I tell you what, there's not many people in the in, in this world that have ever thrown a football like Aaron Rodgers And hallucinogenic drink or whatever, obviously the NFL is okay with it. So it's not that bad for you because you know how harsh they are. They don't even like weed. Yeah. Um, and if so if that's the case, uh I, I'm okay with it. I, I think it's fine
0: whatever i just thought it was a funny story josh gordon is sitting back in his house living at the <laughs> nfl right now i got 25 damn games for some marijuana but this man out here hallucin- hallucinating, walking around the streets naked and jumping off cliffs in bolivia <laughs> but i can't smoke some weed <laughs> listen they- to be fair, josh gordon man- wasn't just on weed we always I bring know, up Josh I know, I Gordon. Know, know. That he has a, yeah. a real drug that's just issue. What they, that's just what they talk about when yeah. they talk about his suspensions, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say this about it. I do know that there has been a lot of research uh, lately into hallucinogens uh, around the world. There, there's been some real scientists like cracking, in, cracking down and diving deep into this stuff. And they are finding that more and more of these things you know, we just didn't have the information back in the day. And now, like some of these things they're realizing aren't as bad as they once upon a time thought. And Aaron Rodgers and his uh con air, uh <laughs> Nicholas Cage uh, yeah. Nicolas Cage, hippie self. Of course he does stuff <laughs> hey, like this. Cameron Poe, baby. Well, that was our is. morning
1: headlines presented by Manscapes Body Wash. Go check out manscaped.com. Check out their body wash. It is the best body wash out on the market. Use their premium, ultra-premium body wash. It's infused with aloe vera, sea salt to keep your skin feeling so fresh and so clean, clean. Go check it out, manscaped.com, and use that promo code SACCITY to save yourself 20% off and free shipping. It's the best. Go do it right now. Get yourself clean and fresh, for, ready for the day. Aaron, injury report time. Lots to talk about. Get into it.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Let's start off first with uh, what I thought was the biggest injury because we talked about him in the draft and we talked about how Baltimore used him and that's Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, obviously we know about the Liz Frank injury, but he had something flare up in his foot and Coach Harbaugh, I thought it was the Liz Frank coming back, Coach Harbaugh, had other things on his mind. That's not true, it's not a Liz Frank sprain. There is a ligament, it's not that ligament, it's a different ligament, so he's had the Liz Frank before, there's no separation, there's no Liz Frank sprain per se, that's my understanding. You know, I'm not a doctor, but I play one in press conferences, as you know, but that's uh, that's what I was told. He's got a soft tissue, you know, type of a deal, ligament type of a deal on his foot, that uh, is not a serious thing, but you know, we want it to be right and healed. So, you know, it's gonna take a few, little bit of time, but
0: it's not a Liz Frank.
2: Uh, a medical expert by any means, but this is huge for the Baltimore Ravens and their, and their line. Like we talked about them losing so, some key pieces. And now you look at their offensive line and you get a Patrick McCurry or a Tristan Cologne that's sitting behind Tyler Linderbaum slated as the starter as a rookie. And you don't know what's going to happen under center with Lamar Jackson. So I think that's an important injury that Baltimore has to kind of look up uh, worry about. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully it doesn't last too long, but I have some concerns because if they lose him, that, that's the anchor of their offensive line. Despite him being a rookie, that's somebody. Well, that's, the, that's to I keep.
1: feel like the second most important spot on there. Well, second most important thing when it comes to that offense, it's Lamar Jackson and it's the offensive line. If you don't have those two things, you're not going to win if you're Baltimore, yeah. because that, yeah. that's how you're, I mean, your receivers, we've talked about it before. It's not looking that great. I mean, Mark Andrews is great as well, but that offense runs through Lamar. And it runs to that offensive line. And if when those two things are going, it's great. And if the, if one of those two things are off, it's a problem. That's that's for sure. Uh, what else is in the injury
2: report today, Eric? Yeah, more offensive line. Uh, go to your Jets. Mekhi Beckton, who we thought may retire from football in the offseason, came back, everything was looking good, like it was good to go. And then now he's expected to miss a good portion of the season with the kneecap slash patella injury. I'm not sure exactly what it is yet but more more serious than what originally thought. Um, And I think when there was first reports coming out, they said, oh, it's not too serious. But as the day kind of progressed, more and more came out, and now he's in serious jeopardy of missing significant time. And once again, we talk about the offensive line, and this time we go to the Jets, who have added a ton of weapons. you got bringing guys like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, think that offense is going to take that next step, and you expect a guy like Makai Beckton to come back. Now you have to worry about the depth on the offensive line Especially that right tackle position. And they're looking directly at Max Mitchell. Again, another rookie now from LSU having to step in and and kind of fill shoes of a Makai Beckton. And again, Makai Beckton is, he's had issues with weight, but he was a pretty good run blocker. He's a pretty good offensive lineman. And they added, you know, they got George Fant, they got Lakin Tomlinson, they added some people, Connor McGoverns there. Uh, Elijah Ver Tucker, they were just kind of hoping Makai Beckton could come back in and fill that right tackle now. Um, that's a big loss for them as well. And then finally famous Jameis did hurt his ankle. Um, in practice, they did say it wasn't very serious or they don't think it's very serious, but again, that could be a huge loss. If the saints are missing um, him for any length of time, we, we don't want to see Andy Dalton. We definitely don't want to see the taste of Hill experiment, um, anymore. I think they heard, they had enough of that, uh, last year. So Ian book is there as a the third guy now. So, um, Hopefully Jameis can get back right, but I think everything will be- and that would uh that would be a tough blow because behind well, I mean I guess it wouldn't it would be a tough
1: blow behind him. Andy Dalton is the backup for the New Orleans yeah. Saints, so uh we'll see how that goes. That does it for our injury report. We are about to get into our Seahawks and our Broncos season preview. But first, AJ, please do us a favor, load up those golden pipes. Honestly, I think our whole problem with the music and AJ's mic. Has a lot to do with StreamYard. Shout out StreamYard. This is what's happening right now. It's happening right now.
2: Talking, AJ, go
0: ahead. You got me scared, but I'm going to do my best. Hopefully, this voice is coming through beautifully to tell everybody to head over to Sack City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the tick of talk. You know how your boys do it on all your wonderful social media. Socials are rolling. Shout out to our wonderful producer, Vinny, for knocking that out right. Uh, so again, at Sack City Pod, hit those likes, hit those follows, hit those shares on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and roll with your boys every day now monday through friday this football season is back baby five days a week and probably twice on sunday so holla at your boys at sac city pod facebook twitter instagram youtube and tiktok
2: and that's right and you know what support for the sac city podcast is brought to you now by manscape who is the best in men's Below the waist grooming, that's right, their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, I said family jewels. Manscaped performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million worldwide. Trust Manscaped exclusive offer we are giving to you. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code CITY at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, I think Vinny, AJ, that's 12 million That's balls. a lot of balls. And I got a story about when I, you know, that that is a lot of balls. And you know, there was a story I was one time I was, you know, I went down south to take care of my my region and I I nicked myself. And then I went online and I looked up manscaped.com. So I had to go get my lawnmower 4.0 to reduce those nicks. And that's exactly what the Performance Package 4.0 has done. It's a game changer. Inside the pack, you get the Lawnmower 4.0, trimmer, weed whacker, and nose hair trimmer, prop, ball preserver, deodorant, reviver toner, and a pair of box freeze to boot. First off, the lawnmower 4.0 is the trimmer of the future. Grooming and dare I say, greatest ball trimmer ever. That's right, it's Mm -hmm. fourth generation, has 4,000 K LED spotlight on it and very, very precise shade. Because the trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the best on your bathroom floor. Time to take care of yourself, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping. Free shipping, guys! Like, and you all know, like ten dollars for shipping. You get free Annoying. shipping, twenty percent off free shipping. Manscape.com, yeah. and be sure to type in the code.
1: I I gotta fit. be honest, guys. I went out and I bought myself one of the. I bought myself the uh, the package, and I I got it. To- Don't
2: lie, you didn't buy it. They are now sponsored, They right? gave it to you for
1: free. Okay, this is what, enough, this is what the perks of I went being out, sponsored. I went now. Out, they gave I it got to it you today. For free and my wife was like what is in that and i opened it up i described it to her i let her know what was going on and she was like oh my god you gotta make this happen i'm tired of the jungle you got to do something about it
2: and i'm doing it i'm doing it so you know it's crazy yeah she actually told me she bought you a weed whacker and then i told her she didn't have to that the Manscaped 4. Yeah, one uh,
0: in actual, Like a real weed whacker? Yeah, she told me like a real real she, has, she told <laughs> me me was going to go to the other day and, and pick something up. I guess
1: that's what it was. So I guess that I guess that's where we're at. Manscaped proud sponsor of the SAC City Podcast. <laughs> Be sure to go get your uh, Manscaped products today. Use that promo code City for 20% off and free shipping. Let's get into our season previews. Starting things off with the Seattle Seahawks. We are going to go... Deep here, gentlemen, we're going to go offense, defense, schedule, record predictions, what to watch for, odds, and our preseason top 32. Let's start off with the offense. AJ, what is the most underrated part of this offense that actually might surprise people
0: this season in a good way? You know, the funny thing about it. You know, (laughs) I don't even know if he just does it on purpose or if he really just can't tell us apart for some reason. Uh, You know, the funny thing is, my thought process for this offense and what's underrated has really been the bread and butter for what they want to do. And that's the run game. I actually think that this run game is going to be a little better than some people are expecting. You know, there was a conversation about Chris Carson and if he was going to come back and for some of us, we kind of knew the writing was on the wall for Chris Carson, but I think there was still that slither of positivity that he might be back and be able to hit this, uh, help this run game. But now that the retirement came, I think people thought that it was really going to fall off. You just have Rashad Penny, but we talked about him a lot and how he came on strong at the end of last season. Talking four out of his last five weeks, he rushed for over 130 yards, ripped off eight different runs for more than 25 yards uh, while averaging seven seven yards a carry during that point in time. Uh, so they're really hoping that he can take that, that end to last season and carry it over this year. But the other big thing to really think about when it comes to Rashad Penny is he too has had some injury issues. Uh, Since 2020, he's only played 20 of a possible 33 games. So if he's the type of guy that ends up missing time this season, they're very excited for their guy who they would call the number one backup and Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. This guy was explosive last year. A lot of people would say that he was the best running back out of the draft, which sure you can argue it was Brees Hall, but either way, the other conversation comes down to Kenneth Walker as well. Uh, And this is the guy that uh, Pete Carroll kind of likes his style of running back. Big with yards after contact was third in the nation last year on that, so I think he's going to be able to step up and step in. And with these two guys uh, running the rock, I think you're going to see a better run game than you did last year. That was near the bottom of the league.
2: Whoa, 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 AJ! I, you just you had such a great take, and I was like, I was with it, I was with it, and to so tell you, just ruined it at the end. Um. They weren't at the bottom of the league last year. They were in the top ten in rush yards per game. So, yeah, I'm sorry. You can win. The Seattle Seahawks were in top ten in rush yards per game last year. Yes, they were 122 rushing yards per game. Uh, Listen, I was on board with everything you said. I, I do think this is an underrated part of their team. I do think it's going to improve even more this year, but. I, I I have to discredit you for what you said about last year, because they were a decent run team last year. They just didn't run the ball as much as we would have liked because Russell Wilson was there. But the fact is, they still were a top-10 rush team last year. And that was with a Chris Carson banged 100. up. For oh. what? What? Go what? On, what? Go on,
0: go on, go on, go on, no, go you on, can.
2: All I, That's all I have to say. I agree with you 100%, except take 1% away for saying that they were <laughs> a poor rush team last year when they ran for top-10 in the league last year.
0: Yards. everything i saw talked about how they could not get the run game going they could not stay consistent because they were rotating between a dj dallas a travis homer an alex collins and that's, rashad penny actually, was injured for all season until the, the best, last that, whoever
2: six, i don't know where you're getting your research from but they averaged five yards a carry which was third in the nfl last year so they had five yards of carry third in the nfl they were top 10 in rush yards per game
0: I don't know where you're getting these numbers from. Oh, I just saw a graphic two days ago where the uh, Cleveland Browns were at the top at five rush yards a game tied with the, the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, 5.1. Cleveland
2: number one, Colts number two, Seattle number three at five yards a carry. They only ran the so ball to, 413 to times last year. That's, that's been the problem for the Seahawks. They they put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands too much. They didn't lean on the run game, so they didn't have – as many total yards as some teams because they didn't rush the ball as much. But yards per game and average per rush yard, they were up in the league. They were they were ninth
1: in rushing yards per game last season. That is the definitive number right there. They were ninth in the NFL in rushing yards per game. You know, I'm going to do this. Fantastic. I'm going to do this just because. Just because. So I made Trash. that little mistake of putting Aaron in there instead of you. We give you two hours, to prep and you still can't get the damn facts right together.
0: Yeah, I went like three, four different sites. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why my sites talk about how they weren't consistent and couldn't get it up in the league and was at the bottom near the <laughs> league. You know, I, I double check. It wasn't like I took one damn excerpt. It was like, you I like that one.
1: You ah, just made Joe from Tacoma, Washington yell at us in the comments. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he called him Joe from the You just made Joe mad at us, okay? He is ripping you
2: in the comments right now for not knowing your shit. Get it together. I think the I think the fact is, like, I, I agree. I think the Seattle goes back to their old school of uh, when Russell was young uh, approach, which is we want to lean heavily on the run game. You sign Rashard Penny, you bring in a Kenneth Walker who's been, from all indications, been really, really impressive in camp. I think they run the ball heavily and they look for Geno Smith or Drew Lock to not make
1: mistakes. I agree. I I love Ken. I love Ken Walker this year. I told you guys, at least for fantasy this year, he's going to be the starting running back eventually uh, in Seattle this year. And he's going to be an RB two towards the end of the season, maybe not season long, but from like week 11, to week 18, you're going to see Ken Walker be an RB two, and at least in fantasy football. And I, I love you guys' takes saying that that's going to be a big part of Seattle's team moving forward. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Aaron, what part of this defense needs to step up the most, obviously losing a big piece in Bobby Wagner th- this off season is, is huge, but what part of that defense, whether it be the defensive linemen, the linebackers, the corners, whatever, what part needs to step up the most? <laughs> uh, what, what other
2: parts hey, are I'm on just, the defense I'm just right? trying to elaborate on the question <laughs> I don't need you I, 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 I told you oh, I was on oh, one today okay. I told you I had energy I don't need your assistance on remembering what parts of the defense that, that are <laughs> nice. at the levels that, that we have in the NFL I don't need there you to the help so, there is but so anyways, much hostility on this
1: show right now the Seattle Seahawks are breaking us and we're only one team yeah. in.
2: <laughs> no no it's because I told you I told you I wasn't messing around I told I, I told you I wasn't messing around today. so Listen, uh, to me, it straight goes to the defensive line. This is a team that struggled in the past to get to the quarterback, haven't been up there in sacks, and you lose guys like Jadamia Clowney a year or two years ago. Uh, they just haven't been able to put pressure. And now you look at guys like Shelby Harris, Al Woods, Kuna Ford, guys who have never put pressure on the quarterback. And you're going to ask the guys on the back end, uh, the Jamal Adams of the safety, Sidney Jones at corner, uh, to cover guys for a, a long period of time. I don't know if they can do that. I think the back end of that defense is talented, but I don't know if they can hold up long enough for a defensive line that struggled to get to the quarterback um, with guys that aren't really that good at getting to the quarterback and being able to hold up that long for for this defense. That's what we're looking for. If they can get to the quarterback or generate pressure with uh, Ucheno Ulosu from uh, the Chargers and linebacker blitzes or whatever they got to do to generate that pressure, I think it's important because the defensive line getting to the quarterback is going to be the number one reason whether Seattle's defense
1: and I mean, they got to, they got to play Trey Lance twice a year. They got to play Kyler Murray twice a year. And these are, these are, yeah, yeah these are, luck, these are, this that. is what the AFC, the NFC West is turning into. I mean, uh, and Matt Stafford, it can move too. I mean, I'm not going to consider him a slouch either, um, but they brought over Wosu U- from from los angeles he was actually one of their best pass rushers aside from joey bosa he was actually in in his time with with the chargers he actually had more sacks than guys like melvin ingram there he was a producer when it came to sacks for the chargers so that's going to be a big piece for uh the seattle seahawks team moving forward and i agree that pass rush is going to be huge
2: for this team i like the direction that they're going though i believe i believe they finished bottom 10 in sacks last year uh they just
1: don't generate enough, and their defense, and their defense wasn't actually that good last year. You look at their 2021 team defense rankings; they did not finish really good in just about anything other than opponents' points per game. I mean, they finished ninth there, but other than that, it's not. It was not a good season for the Seattle Seahawks defense, and they are they're going to have to make some changes.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks it's directly linked to the pass rush. They were second worst in pass yards given up per game. But again, a lot of that is, hey, I'm covering my guy. Can't cover him forever. I need some help get to the quarterback. Create, make things easier on the back end. And again, they have some good young, talented players on the back end, including two really good safeties. But if that front line or those linebackers can't find a way to create pressure, they're going to have to stay.
1: Yep. Let's move on to their schedule here. And if you missed our schedule breakdown shows, it's still on our YouTube. You can go check that out at Sack City Pod. We have the Seahawks special do- uh, sectioned off for you as an easy viewing pleasure. But this is their schedule right here. And AJ, what part of this schedule will define the Seahawks season?
0: Oof! What a question. Uh- <laughs> Honestly, it's it's what they do in their own division. Can you, can you do the normal split with some of these teams? And as we just mentioned, that's very hard to do. I, I don't see a lot of consistency coming from this team. It's not like I, I don't see a three-game win streak or anything like that for them. So if they can show up and they can play their division well, uh, give them something to think about, like you're not just sleeping on the Seahawks in your division. I think watching guys like... How, how, how are you going to play the Cardinals twice a week? How are you going to, how are you going to adjust to what you saw the last time you played a team? Uh, how are you going to, how are you going to set up your offense to at least match some of this, the powers that are in the NFC West? Um, so that that's kind of where the the definition for what the Seahawks will do this season. Because again, we all decide, we all know that we don't think there's going to be much success this year. But if you can do enough and you can adjust enough that these young guys can at least learn the steps of the NFL so that next year when they're putting some more studs on this offense and this defense, you're in a good position to at least compete for another three or four wins and continue that trajectory yeah. upward going Agreed. forward. Uh, Agreed. I mean, that's 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 going to be huge to how they handle those division games. I also think a big part of the
1: Seahawks de- uh, schedule here, and I just want to note this as well, is how they play against those the the average to the below average teams. I mean, you see the games like the Falcons, the Lions, uh, the Giants, teams like that, the teams that are all around that same area as the Seahawks, how they play against those teams really could help define this season, whether it would really lay out where this rebuild actually is. Because, I mean, you look at, like, the Giants, they've got hopefully their franchise – potentially their franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones, Detroit's moving in the right direction with Dan Campbell. I mean, these teams are all a little bit further ahead in the rebuild process than Seattle is at least on paper. So it's going to be a really telling sign when they get matched up against those teams, but let's do it gentlemen. Let's get into these record predictions here for the Seattle Seahawks. Aaron, start with you. What is your record prediction for the Seahawks?
2: Yeah, I, I've been saying it, that this team's going to struggle. I like everything they did in the offseason. We talk about the draft that they had, you know, the rookies they brought in, the Abraham, Abraham Lucas, Charles Cross, fixed the offensive line. Kenneth Walker added that running back depth. And Then we talked about the guys on defense, the Foye Mafes, Kobe Bryant, the guys in the secondary that they brought in as prequel and, um, in the draft. Free agents, Cheno Owosu. I think this team is, is trending in the right direction. Um, I, I still think this team is a quarterback away. I still think this team gets a quarterback or good quarterback play. They can compete and they'll have a chance. I just don't know if that quarterback is on the roster currently. So I think that's why they struggle this year. They don't have favorable matchups game after game after game where they get three or four in a row with easy teams or mediocre teams that they might be able to put some wins together. So uh, four and 13, got four wins for me, Uh, four and 13. I told you they'll beat Atlanta because we know Atlanta is Atlanta and it's AJ's team, the Giants, Niners and then they'll beat the Rams one time because it'll be a division game, probably that week 17 game or week 18 game when the Rams have nothing to play for because they've already blocked them.
1: Okay. All right. You stay, you're staying on par with what you uh, had in our NFC West schedule breakdown. So 4-13 is what you had. AJ, what about yours? What's your record prediction?
0: He said a lot. He said a lot there, and uh, I, I agree with like 95% of it. I also the have top. them at the for the Falcons uh, and, and, I, and honestly I thought about that and in, in, uh, I thought about that a lot actually where my other f- my four wins were for the Seahawks uh, I actually have them beating San Francisco early in the season I think Trey Lance is still going to be figuring some things out and they'll have a chance to catch them there I don't think they'll beat them later in the uh, season the other thing I have is you, you brought up the Giants and that team there I think honestly I have them beating the Giants Uh, But I also that's one of the ones that I'm like, I'm not so sure on because I think they're catching them at a bad time with Brian Dable coming in there seven, eight weeks to go and learn the system and his effect on that team. uh, I think that 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 the New York Giants will be in a better situation. I think that defense will be clicking on a lot of cylinders, if not all by then to help that offense where it's lacking. Uh, So while I have them beating the Giants as of now. Uh, that, that might be my toss-up win that I have for uh the Seattle Seahawks as of now, but I also kept with four and thirteen and uh I'm, I'm pretty confident in that.
1: Alrighty, so that's slightly different than your five and twelve prediction for the NFC West. It is completely okay because that's as the th- as the offseason progresses, really there's toss-ups in the in these games. I had three and fourteen for this team. I am perfectly fine with jumping to four and thirty. I, I have no problem with four and thirteen with this team. Lots of these games with 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 this team it's it's hard to say because the talent is there it's just like you said aaron the quarterback is just the one thing that they're missing lock him in for four and 13 aaron what's the one thing you're watching for this season with the seattle
2: seahawks oh this is easy i think this is kind of the low-hanging fruit it's which quarterback is going to win this battle in camp and i, I think we're going to find out early uh what's going to happen here i think i think we're seeing it now the other day reports um, Drew Locke outperforms Geno Smith in one of their scrimmages, went like 16 for 24, 200 some yards, a couple of touchdowns, and Geno Smith didn't play very well. So I'm looking for who actually takes the lead, takes command of this uh, under center position. And um, I think that's going to be telling you what Seattle does going forward. Because I do think if it's Geno Smith, I think they're looking desperately for a quarterback. Here. But if Drew Locke can come in and show some sort of signs, might start to get the conversation around hey maybe Seattle doesn't have to draft a quarterback in next year's draft and maybe it's a, a pass rusher, maybe it's somebody else and they take a quarterback maybe later. So I'm looking directly at that quarterback
0: Yeah, for me, uh, I'm I'm looking at these young uh, cornerbacks and Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant. Obviously, you know you you put a Cincinnati man on the team. I'm probably gonna bring him up, uh, but no, I'm really excited actually about uh, Tariq Woolen, and they're they're raving about him in camp. Uh, they're putting him in with the ones and watching him try his. Not even try his best, is actually getting the better of some of these receivers on that offensive side of the ball. They talk about how fast he is. They talk about his instincts around the ball. And they talk about his desire to just be great. And I think that's something where you can see him start to make an impact early in the season. And so if they can start getting these young cornerbacks and that secondary back into prominence, like it was in the days of the Legion of Boom. And now you can get next season going, and you have a defense that actually has stepped up. You're you're in a good yeah. spot moving yeah. and forward.
1: and I'm I'm sticking on the defense as well. I'm jumping in here to 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 put my two cents in. I'm really watching what you guys had earlier. What Aaron you brought up earlier about the defense, that pass rush. Not only did they bring in Uosu, U- U- they also brought in Shelby Harris and that trade that 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 was with, with Russell Wilson. But they also drafted Boye Mafe, the a defensive end out of Minnesota. I really want to see the development of this D de- of this defensive line and this pass rush, because I think the core group of guys are there for Seattle, at least for the pass rush, the core group of guys with Mafe, with Shelby Harris, with the that's, that's it right there. That's your core. And I want to see how that develops this season for the Seattle Seahawks. Now we're going to play a little game, little game here for you, gentlemen, a little odds, little prop bets for this season. And we are going to be giving our Seattle Seahawks Prop bet locks. I'm going to give you guys three prop bets, and I need, I need you guys to establish one prop bet that you are going to lock in. It is a guaranteed lock it's going to hit this season. I got the odds for you. You lock it in. We'll revisit this at the end of the season to see if you are right. This is the Seattle Seahawks prop bets. Under 5.5 wins is plus 120. Over 6.5 touchdowns for DK Metcalf is, net, is minus is 115. And Ken Walker, Offensive Rookie of the Year, is plus plus. Twelve hundred. You gentlemen have to lock in one of these odds here to take with you through the end
2: of the season. What is it, Aaron? Oh, it's easy for me. It's the under five and a half wins for plus one hundred and twenty. Like I'm getting plus money on on under five and a half. That means I can get they can get five wins and I still win my money. Uh, yeah, one plus one hundred and twenty is a great number for that. Um, I don't love the DK Metcalf. um, number there that's tough odds there and then kenneth walker i'm sorry but running backs just good luck trying to win Um, probably going to go to a quarterback or receiver
0: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. especially especially if he's fighting uh, with uh, rashad penny if he stays healthy that's that's going to be a hard feat to beat uh so if we're allowed to keep yes, the same yes, one because yes, i mean yes. obviously yeah it's definitely the <laughs> under under five five is is a lock for me as well dk metcalf i feel is a little closer but i also think he's the only he's the only one that they're going to be able to hit really so uh, i think he's gonna i think he's gonna okay. hit that seven i thought i one. saw that i was like you
1: know what i saw the because that's the odd that's the odds on fate like the odds right now for the seattle seahawks is yeah. five and a half wins over under five of that like that's where oddsmakers are are saying that that's where they're going to end up being and when I went back to look at our NFC West show I was like okay AJ has him at five Aaron has him at four maybe from that time to now that's slightly changed a little bit maybe they bump up to six if possible but I don't see it happening that's definitely going to be uh the easy lock I'm not taking any of those other bets though like you gentlemen said with DK Metcalf with Drew Locke now as, as his quarterback or Geno Smith that's it's tough and, and it's it's crazy because DK Metcalf throughout his entire career has never had below six and a half t- t- touchdowns before. Like that's, he's been dominant obviously with Russell yeah. Wilson. He's had seven, 10 and 12 last season for touchdowns. So this would be considered his worst year uh with Seattle Seahawks. If he were <laughs> to get below six touchdowns, that's our locks. That's our preview for the Seattle Seahawks, but we have to unveil where they fall in our top 32 teams in the NFL. Aaron, would you like to do the honors of where they fall?
2: Yeah, near the bottom. <laughs> That's what we talk about. We, we, we oh said it. four God. wins, four <laughs> wins at the bottom. They are going to be team number 30, mm. team 30 out of 32. They, again, some promising signs as we move forward in the, in the offseason, but, um, they're going to struggle because they lack the quarterback play. Um, they would need a, a great performance. Um, in order to from from one of their quarterbacks in order to get higher than
1: me. I am And you're on you know, mute, I'm so I'm that's a minus. Over here. I'm trying not to like yes. Uh proceed. Uh I, yeah, no, I, that's fair. Uh for the 30th spot for the Seattle Seahawks right there. Let's move on to our last team to cover this evening and that is the Denver Broncos and on the offensive side of the ball there is a lot to talk about with the Denver Broncos. AJ there's a lot of green in this doc. What is happening in this doc right now? Jesus Christ. AJ, who will Just be Russell up? Wilson's number one target this year in Denver?
0: So, uh, oh, congrats. You got the right black guy. I'm proud of you. All right. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Am I missing something? Mm. Maybe. You guys talking about green in the doc. Go ahead. No, sorry. AJ's, oh AJ's
1: notes litter, <laughs> is littered through the off the, through the Broncos question for him. I'm like looking for the like his question, and it blends in with his notes. So I'm like, yeah. where is this?
0: Where is this? Because my notes weren't supposed to be there. It was. I was looking for my notes myself on my doc, and D- I was like, where the hell did it go? The, the green's gone because it. <laughs> pull that curtain back i had it highlighted <laughs> because i was about to put it on my notes and take it out of your notes so you did not have to worry about it because your question saw. was supposed to be first mine was about to be second so i was like cool i got time but it's okay we're gonna jump right into this you probably should know i think <laughs> i have a good feeling that the number one receiver for uh, russell wilson is going to be Cortland sutton Uh, I think this guy has exactly what Russell Wilson is looking for in a go-to guy. Now, we talked a lot about what we expected Russell Wilson that came to the Denver Broncos for because he's got weapons all over the place, and we think he's going to spread this ball out. When it comes down to it, you think about who he had last year in a DK Metcalf. 6'4", 235, likes to be physical. I'll give that with uh, Corlin Sutton as close to it, 6'4". 215, can be physical, loves the jump ball, but he also has the speed and possesses that deep threat uh, that Russell Wilson also likes. So he almost gives him a DK Metcalf and a Tyler Lockett all in one. Uh, so I think that Cortland Sutton is going to be that go-to guy for Russell Wilson. He's already started to make a rapport with him. He's been audible, uh, audibling, audibling is such a weird word, uh, in training camp over and over again and making the plays for C- Cortland Sutton and they've been raving about their connection together. And with that being said, I also don't think this is going to be a blowout. I'm not looking at it like Cortland Sutton, 150 targets, the next guy, 100. I mean, if you think about last year, DK Metcalf had 129 targets, Lockett had 107. I think it's going to be something like that as well because KJ Hamler has has the go route uh, lockdown and Jerry Judy is one of the best route runners at a young age in the NFL so I think that there's a lot of a lot of targets to go around but Sutton should I, be that uh, number one. I gotta put this in here I'm out on KJ Hamler ever developing into anything
1: in the NFL and it's because the stupidest reason you guys can laugh at me all you want but the I am athlete podcast went over to Broncos campus past a couple days maybe I think it was yesterday um and they asked people what the cap. They were joking around and said they go up to Ken- KJ Hamler and they're like, "What's the capital of Denver?" And he's lost. He's completely lost. And then he goes, "He goes, what's the capital of Colorado?" And he's like, "Do all states have capitals? Is that a thing?" Like, and I'm like, "Man, this dude, whether he's injured or just plain stupid, I don't, I don't understand." I'm out on KJ Hamler. Sorry, Broncos fans.
0: I'm not riding with KJ Hamler. Although he
1: had a great Russell Wilson impression of saying, let's ride. But I digress. <laughs> That's hilarious. Aaron, you look emotionally Poor distraught.
2: Guy. I, I we're, we're now out on football Correct. players because of Correct. intelligence? Correct. And you're out on a lot Correct. of players because you would be surprised how many <laughs> stupid ass football Correct. players. Correct, but I just haven't NFL.
1: I just haven't I'm heard. i dead ass serious. You'd be
0: surprised. I, I just, no, I, I just just haven't heard Brandon oh, Marshall
1: yeah. <laughs> ask them what the state capital is of somewhere, and then they go, uh, "Does this state actually have a capital? Do all states have capitals?"
2: I digress. We're moving on though. Aaron Russell, Biddy <laughs> doesn't get it. Penny's from Plantation, Florida. He ain't from the mean streets of Alabama in the projects. When you don't get the education like a real person, and you really don't know whether all states have capitals uh, or not.
1: Wait, hold on. Let me let me do some research here. Let me just do some research <laughs> here. No, 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 no. no. I'm, just, I'm just I'm just pointing out the
0: dude. Are you gonna ask Google well, no, if no, no, all no, states no. have Actually, capitals? You're talking capital letters. So no, you so no, Not only areas? is
1: KJ Hamler not from Alabama, he's from Michigan. But but we're not talking about we're not talking oh. about high school systems or middle school systems. This man went to Penn State. That's a very, that's a, that's a university. He had a college education. So what you do realize,
2: okay. So now you're opening up a channel, You do realize that a lot of these players that have a college education <laughs> don't really go to college. Right. You do know that they <laughs> uh, never go to class. Uh, they never attend a session uh, that they have, uh, hey, Allie Mae and Betty Sue a, and it, Krista and,
1: all of the it's okay. I don't need hey. I don't need mm. to hear from any of you gentlemen anymore. <laughs> Bob from Boulder Ow. is ripping me to shreds in the comment section saying KJ Hamler is gonna be a wide receiver one and this and that. So I digress. <laughs> 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 Bob from Boulder. Aaron. Next question. Russell Wilson <laughs> yeah. obviously throwing those receivers the ball, but earlier on in our preseason coverage and our training camp coverage, you brought up something about Russell Wilson that I wanted to get back into. That's the pressure regarding him this season with the Denver Broncos. So what kind of pressure is he under this season?
2: Oh, I said it before. I'll say it again. Russell Wilson's under the most pressure of any NFL quarterback this season. Any NFL quarterback. And the reason is, is you're talking about a guy year two goes and wins the Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. Run game, great defense. Now they say, let Russ cook. So what do they do? They let him cook. And then every year it seems to fall short. Starts great, MVP, no way, he's not an MVP. And fell short year after year after year. Again, this is not my personal opinion saying he's not good. It's just the fact of the matter is, is he is going to have immense pressure coming into the situation with a great running game, a decent offensive line, uh, great weapons on the outside, an elite defense from last season. And again, they have a number of young players on that roster that says we are ready to win now. They have an offensive coach, minded coach, that worked with Aaron Rodgers, who's won MVPs and been in championship games. Russell Wilson is under the most pressure in the NFL to make Denver a contender. Now, I'm not saying he has to go and win a Super Bowl, but Russell Wilson has to get them to the playoffs. Russell Wilson has to get them on a deep playoff run. In order for this experiment to even be worth it for Denver, Wilson's going to have to make a difference. And I think this is right back to where Peyton Manning on the Denver Broncos back, you know, a few years back. Is this is a very similar situation? He is there to bring them home a champion. And if he doesn't do that during his time there, then it's a failure.
1: What about the legacy though of Russell Wilson outside of so obviously if he comes into Denver, doesn't win a Super
2: Bowl, it's a failure. But what does this do for his legacy overall? There's, Russell Wilson is a winner. And I'm not gonna I don't like the word like 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 Mr. Dylan Kerr's like to call Aaron or he's not a winner even though he's won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson's already won. So he is a winner. Um, he has a great record in the regular season. He's done an amazing things. He's put up good numbers. The argument becomes legacy and whether somebody is a Hall of Famer, or one of the best to ever do it at the position. And I'm sorry, right now, he's not a Hall of Famer with the Super Bowl, right? So if he just continues to put up numbers for the next five, seven years, could he get in? Sure. The, the numbers might say, hey, he's good enough to get in. But when we're talking about legacy, and being one of the best players to ever do it at the position, I think he falls short. I think you're not going to compare him to guys who he may have better numbers in, but wasn't as successful. So uh, I think you run into this situation with a lot of guys. We talked about it with Matt Stafford. I think Russell Wilson's in that conversation. But I think he has to go to Denver and make deep playoff runs year after year after year in order for us to really appreciate what he is. Um, as of right now, he just comes in in the AFC West, that's tough, doesn't make the playoffs. First round exit doesn't make the playoffs. First round exit. I'm not looking at him as a Hall of Famer. I'm gonna I'm gonna bypass him and go to the next guy. So, um, my opinion, I just think he needs to do more. There has to be deep playoff runs somewhere during this year. Ru-
0: I just want to say this: with with a guy like Russell Wilson, it's not about will he get in the Hall of Fame because the level of player he is. It's can he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's the question with a Russell Wilson. Like I, I full heartedly believe the eighth ninth try 50 years down the 30%. road or whatever russell wilson's in the hall of fame for what he's done now you know what i mean but like with wait, russell wait, you wilson, think he's what a hall of we, famer right now if he
2: leaves
0: on the eventuality yes i think he will be put no. into the hall of fame on the no. eventuality when you have a hall of fame that you can get in 40 years down the road yeah <laughs> you'll get in the hall of fame But no way. with with russell wilson it is can you be a first ballot hall of famer that's where uh, level like that you have to 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 talk with like it's not you're not you're not looking at russell wilson like you're not looking at russell wilson thinking will he one day get in the hall of fame he's, he's not even on the precipice him?
2: of a first ballot hall of fame right not even a, he can That's go win a
0: saying. super bowl in denver right now he wouldn't be a first ballot hall of Famer. i mean that argument that argument would get a lot louder that argument would get a lot louder no listen way. Bro, okay, so first off, I've been with you when I said that I, I don't think that Russell Wilson is that surefire Hall of Famer. And so a lot of this conversation does not come from me thinking Russell Wilson deserves to go into Hall of Fame right now. It comes from the same people who talked about Eli Manning getting into the Hall of Fame because of his name when he sports a 500 record. Yes, he has two Super Bowls. Yes, he's been clutch. I get that with Eli Manning. Don't get me wrong. We're also talking about one play away from two Super Bowls back-to-back for Russell Wilson. That's the reason the conversation of him being where he should be and in the conversation of can you one day be a first ballot Hall of Famer comes from because everyone looks at Russell Wilson that he should have accomplished more than he already has. And that's where my conversation of the thought process that if you're talking about Russell Wilson, you want to utter the words Hall of Fame, I think going to Denver, yes, he has to win a Super Bowl. And I think he has to do it within the first three years to be, in all honesty, looking at the way he's been toted as a top-notch elite quarterback
2: but you're saying you're saying it as if he is he's accomplished that now like what has he again a, aside from year two winning the super bowl can you really what has russell wilson accomplished never won an mvp matter of fact i don't think he's ever received an mvp vote let alone win it, he's never got an mvp vote at all so he's yeah. never even been lauded as the best position best player at his position in any given year so he's never had an mvp vote what what tells you now that he's, he's never been an All Pro? What what accolades say he's a Hall of Famer right now? What has he done? Rus-
0: Russell Wilson's never been an All Pro. No. So that one blows never my mind. Been first all, off. Never
2: been an All Pro. Never been never been All Pro. He's never been uh, and he inv- had an MVP vote. Like we can look. At, well, the thing is, the it, problem with today's NFL is we see numbers. He puts up numbers every week. But we can yeah. go look at the list of all-time passing leaders of guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame. Carson Palmer. What do you think about Carson Palmer? Minus the Super Bowl win, Carson Palmer, over the span of his career, far exceeds any numbers that Russell Wilson is even close to putting up right now. And we're not considering him, by any means, a first ballot Hall of Famer, let alone in the, ballot, fame no. well, like, that, in the Hall of Fame at all. Well, should be in the Hall of Fame but that's going to be a that's going to be a hard conversation to have like is carson palmer a hall of famer yes you and i might agree he is but that conversation is going to be something that is carried on for a long time and the further they get out the more the younger generation of players that are throwing all these passing numbers out of the window because of more games and more stats it's going to be harder and harder to put those guys in cuz when you look at this generation and you look at russell wilson you're going to say hey was he ever the best player in his position and was he any different than guys like Matt Ryan, Matt, uh, Matt Stafford, uh, some of the other quarterbacks that have put up great numbers but haven't really accomplished a whole lot? Uh,
1: we're we're going to get spicy on this. And I don't. And I, we're going to continue on the Broncos, but I just want to get a little bit more spicy. Uh, is Drew Brees a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, yeah.
2: absolutely. He owns okay. almost every passing record yeah. there is. To Fair, own. I just want.
1: So, having Russell Wilson, not close, not close at all. Mm. Like the, when you look at the accolades, like. Drew Brees has more Pro Bowls. He has 13 as opposed to, Drew, to Russell Wilson's nine. He does have one All-Pro, but Drew Brees has never, like, been nominated for an MVP. He's never had an right. MVP vote. Like, sure. so that's what...
2: It made me think of that. Just, I and, just wanted to make a comparison. That's part of the reason I'm, why Drew Brees isn't listed as the top five quarterback of all time. Because even though he's broken every record, even though he's been up there and he actually yeah. led his team to a Super Bowl and wasn't just, like, a part of being there, he... He's broken Oof. all these records, but he's
1: never. no, nah, I just, uh, I, I feel like when we talk to Joe from what, whatever, where Tacoma. Tacoma, if we talk to Joe from Tacoma, <laughs> he's going to take offense to that whole That's, Russell Wilson was just a part. And I know you didn't was. necessarily say that. It was that. his I, first, well, second year in the league. He was still, like uh, I said, I think Joe from Tacoma might get a little upset about that. But, but I, why? I guess we're going to wait, 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 why? Because fans have feelings, okay? They have feelings, okay? He threw for 3,300 yards. Sam, Sam from Spokane is going picks. to be upset that you said Russell Wilson is not a part of this, okay? Vinny, I not don't a part give of a win.
0: shit
2: what these fans have to say <laughs> in these comments. They can
0: come wow. at me anytime they Let want. Me
1: hear,
2: fans. Let Russell me hear Russell Wilson got carried, and I don't want to say he didn't have anything to do with it, but he was a part of a team that won a Super Bowl. He was not the reason that team won the Super Bowl.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball here for the Denver Broncos. AJ, I am starting with you. I know it's not listed first, but it's kind of how the, how this works. If Aaron finished talking, I'm going to go to you first because that's not, that's how it works.
0: You'll learn eventually. I promise. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) Where does
1: this defense, (laughs) where does this defense rank (laughs) in the AFC with the new, new additions of guys like Randy Gregory and a guy like Patrick Sertan taking the next step into year two.
0: So, uh, You know, last year I was very high on this defense. I talked about them all along. I really like what they had on that side of the ball. Uh, This year I as well. I like them. uh, But when you talk about the AFC, I think they're going to fall somewhere like five or six. There are a lot of great defenses in this uh, AFC conference this season. And I do believe a guy like Kyle Fuller being gone. uh, Bryce Callahan was kind of an underrated slot cornerback last year. Uh, I think losing those guys is going to have an effect. But adding the guys you're hoping it counteracts when you grab the rain and Greg and when you get that draft pick of a Nick Bonito, you hope that pans out and he plays up to the level uh, that they were expecting. But when you look at the defenses in the AFC, undoubtedly, the Buffalo Bills are easily to me the best defense in the AFC, if not possibly the league. I think that I think the Ravens have a great defense. They have so many people coming back off of injury last year, this year, plus adding a guy like Kyle Hamilton, who we know is one of the best rookies on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, adding a guy like uh, David Ojabo, who's eventually going to play in the second half of the season. Adafio Way is another, another year older and wiser in this league. Uh, I think the Colts have a great defense. I think Cleveland's secondary. I've been talking about them for a while. I think they're going to take a step forward. And then of course you have the charges down there as well. So it's not that I think that the, the Denver Broncos defense isn't going to be good. I just think in this AFC this year, there is a defense that is to be reckoned with on just about every division at the highest level. And I think you're going to see in the AFC conference a five or six type of fallen for the Denver Broncos.
2: Yeah, that's, was, that's fair.
1: But I, I, don't I know did, why. I, I agree. Different reasons.
2: Part of the problem, they're going to fall off a little bit more this year because the AFC West is so damn. Good. Yeah. six games against the Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders, and I don't care how good your defense is, those guys are going to put up points. Um, you know, they only gave up eighteen point, I think eighteen or nineteen points a game last year. Uh, just those six games alone, I imagine that those teams are going to put up. some So they're they're still a really really good defense, five or six in the conference. Some of the teams AJ mentioned, I could see it anywhere between.
1: Yeah, I I I agree with that. I like the the point about the fact that. Those those offenses are really gonna bring that Broncos yeah. defense way down. <laughs> Not I shouldn't say way down, but it'll hurt him a little bit. Uh one other piece on this defense I just mentioned a little bit ago was Patrick Sertan. And Aaron, I think it was early on in the offseason process. You mentioned that Patrick Sertan could possibly be a stud. What do you expect from him
2: from year two? And does he take that lead that next leap forward? Yeah, I talked about um actually early in the season too, uh, last year. Watching him play, I was like, "This guy could be the best corner in football." Like, I, I think, and, and I, I liked JC Horn a little bit more coming out. I, I thought that he would be the guy that ended up being. In the he still might have that chance, but Patrick Sertan did surprise me a little bit how effective he was when he first got on the field. Like I thought it would take some time to get used to the NFL speed, and it did. He came right in and he fit the bill. He he was perfect. Everything he did in the passing game was perfect. His leverage, his his hand placement, everything you want as an elite corner, he has it. And look, if at the end of twenty twenty two we're saying that Patrick Sertan is the best corner in football, it wouldn't shock me. I know it's hard to think we got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard and and all these guys that we say are, are really great corners, and that may be the case. But putting Patrick Sertan right up there is going to is going to be a thing. Talking about a team again, they were third. I think they were third last year. In pass yards allowed or maybe it was maybe it was a little bit more oh, down a little bit further than that but they had a guy a rookie starting and in the nfl the disadvantage of a rookie corner is is something we just don't see very often We talked about it this um upcoming season with sauce Gardner, like how it's going to take him to get incorporated into the nfl pastor tan is going to be one of the better cornerbacks in football again it would not shock me if he's labeled the best by them. wow the best like number one like over like number Jay Very similar to a way, um, and and maybe it's not, maybe it's similar to this. Last year, there was a lot of talk about Trayvon Diggs and how good he was last year. But people were talking about this. He gave up big plays. That kind of conversation about Pat Sertan could happen this year. Like people wanted to move Diggs into that conversation, and maybe he gave up too many big plays. Pat Sertan is not doing that. Pat Sertan is very disciplined and and technically sound. Maybe he doesn't get you the 10 picks, but he's also not giving up big plays because he's not biting on double moves He's not overly aggressive. He's not, you know, doing things he shouldn't be doing. Um, And that might be the difference between a him and a dig. So it would not shock me if he's in that conversation.
0: Not at all fair. fair.
2: Taylor uh, Ramsey was
0: never an interception master either, but you knew yeah. he was locked down and yeah. no one was really going to throw his way. Patrick Sertan, you, you don't really get the conversation of not throw their way as much anymore. It's a passing league. You throw the ball over the field. You just have to put it in the right spot. But Patrick Sertan is going to make you think twice and you thinking twice is enough for that pass for us to get there. And that goes into the equation of being one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I'm right there with you. I think he can be at least I think he's going to be top three for sure. Uh, You know, when you get to number one, the conversations start getting a little loud.
2: David David Howard is really the only corner him and maybe Tredavious White are like the only corners that get interceptions that are considered lockdown corners, right? Like Most lockdown corners just don't see a lot of interceptions for whatever reason. David Howard is so good at finding ways to be around the ball. Tredavious White is really good at it. Uh, but most of those guys that are considered the top corners, you don't look at the end of the season and see them leading the, end the league in interception because they don't get the opportunities because they're throwing to guys like Terrell Darrell baby. Terrell Revis, baby. <laughs> Terrell Revis. Yeah. Revis Island, that's how it was. That's Brian one of my Platt. favorite
1: players watching right there. But uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, let's get into the schedule for the Denver Broncos. Aaron, what part of this schedule will define
2: the Broncos season? Um, I don't... <laughs> I want to kind of, I'll, I'll, you know what, I will. I'll. I'll it's down the stretch. It's down. The, I think they have a pretty easy schedule to start the year. I, I said this. I think that they could be nine and zero. I think I said that in our our season schedule that I thought Denver could be nine and zero. I thought they, the teams they play, where they play them at, vision. Like I thought they could be nine and zero. But down the stretch, when they hit that Baltimore game, that Baltimore, KC, Arizona Rams, KC, and the Chargers again, that's probably one of the more brutal stretches. Of any team to end to end a season. That's all those teams I believe could be playoff teams. All those teams are going to bring out potent offenses. And I think that's the key to Denver. How are they going to finish them? I do think they get off to a strong start because Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. I don't want to say he's good. He's a great quarterback. Uh, so it's gonna be important for them to get off to a hot start. I think they do that. I think they're able to establish the run. But down the stretch, when it really matters, is he going to I want to say fold. is he going to have some setbacks like he's had in Seattle over the past couple of seasons, or are they going to be able to build upon that and beat some of those good teams? I well, I
0: think the difference, I think the difference is I don't think Nathaniel Hackett will take the ball out of his hands down the stretch unless he's giving him a reason to do so. Whereas in Seattle, they they love to force the run on the second half of the season. We talked about what Russell Wilson would do the first eight or nine weeks every single year. And then weeks 11 through the end, what happened to Russ? But oh, it, they're running the that, ball so much.
2: But isn't that what exactly what we're talking about here? For for many, many times in Seattle, we were talking about they need to run the ball more. And everybody talks about let Russ cook. but. As little as he was throwing, Russell Wilson did not play well down the street. There's over the past two seasons, he did not play well, regardless of how many times he's throwing the ball. He struggled. So for me, I think it's imperative. And and I'll say this again: I don't I don't attribute great quarterback play with what you're asked to do, like throw the ball 20 times or, or throw the ball 40 times. I don't care if Russell Wilson has to throw the ball 20 times. That's that's perfectly fine. That means Denver's doing something right. It means they're running the ball really well. And if he's efficient, if he's going 16 for 23 with 246 yards, three touchdowns and no picks, and they win the game because they run the ball really well, Russell Wilson is doing exactly what I want him to yeah. do. And to me, that is a sign of greatness. That is a sign of somebody that I can get behind and say, that team can win a Super Bowl. I I often get tired of us talking about, well, he has to be 35 or 46 for 398 yeah. yards and three touchdowns. But why do they have to throw the ball that many times? Why don't? They rely heavily on a run game that's really, really good with two really good running backs, a decent offensive line, and tell Russell Wilson to make plays when it matters. So I don't think it's necessarily about the amount of throws. I think it's about how effective he is when he does throw the ball. At least think, for me, I think. No, I, I think at the end of the
1: season too, you brought up that being the uh, the the big storyline and the de- the defining moment for the Broncos. They're going to be a playoff team. We, we expect them to be a playoff team or battle for a playoff spot. It's how they do against those playoff teams is going to be huge. Aaron or AJ, what are you watching for this season with the Denver Broncos?
0: It's the only story that really matters to me. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, we can talk about the weapons and everything, but it is the Russell Wilson story. You're talking about one. The last time they had a quarterback, it was Peyton Manning who came in, took him to a Super Bowl couldn't get it done against the Legion of Boom, got them back to the Super Bowl, won it, and rode off into the sunset. You're talking about two years ago, a top-notch elite quarterback, the greatest of all time, and Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers and winning a Super Bowl immediately. You're talking about last year, a guy, Matthew Stafford, who was sent to hell for 12 years in Detroit and did his best and stayed loyal, moving on to L.A. and winning a Super Bowl immediately. People are looking at Russell Wilson after the chirping he did whether it was respectful or not about needing a line and needing help. And then moving on from Seattle and talking about him being a good quarterback and coming into Denver after two years in a row, a brand new QB won the Super Bowl, all eyes in Denver is on Russell Wilson. It will be great. If you have a breakout season from Cortland Sutton, it'd be great. If Jerry Judy stays healthy and has a lot of receptions, these running back stories will be fantastic. Can the defense still be great? All of that's wonderful. But when it comes down to it, all eyes in Denver are on Russell Wilson, and that's the only thing that I'm really watching. I want to see what he can do, but he is expected to be the guy because, once again, you have the weapons to do so.
2: That's cute, Eric. That's cute. You can watch for that. I don't care what everybody else is watching for because they are watching for that. I'm watching it at the running back. I want my man Javante Williams. Free <laughs> Javante Williams. Free him. Let that man be the workhorse. I know Melvin Gordon's there. I know Melvin Gordon had a good year last year. I don't know why they brought his ass back. Let my man Javante Williams eat. Free that man. He is a complete three-down back. We're going to be one of the better backs in the NFL. I said it before. I said it when he was coming out as a rookie. I said it all rookie year. Saw flashes of it when Melvin Gordon didn't play. My man went off, passing game, running game. Let Javante Williams eat his time. Melvin Gordon gotta go.
1: Wait a second. We gotta call the timeout. 'Cause I just I just caught something. I'm not sure if everyone else caught this, but we're talking about letting Russ cook and having Javante eat. Yep. Like Russ wow, can cook it. Real, like, Russ can cook it, but
2: make sure you turn it around and hand it to Javante. Wow. You know what I'm saying? This is You're like, like a, a, Russ the call play, the plays. Hey, Russ call the plays in the huddle. Be the leader. Hey, 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 Bronco Country. That's right, but we're gonna turn and hit it off. We're gonna hand it off to Javante Williams. That's you know what sure
0: I thought you were going? We've been saying let's cook and let's eat, but no one's been like let's ride.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's just it's it was there like the cook, yeah. and then yeah, the yeah. Part. we got a five star restaurant called Let's Ride Endeavor right now. That's what's that's what's happening. <laughs> Free Javante Williams. Uh, before, before we get into the predictions here, I do want to go into the odds because it has something to do with it. I've learned that's how we're gonna do these things. Broncos prop bets right here are locked and loaded bets for you guys to say, okay, one of these three bets I am locking in, guaranteeing it's going to happen this season. Over, under 10 and a half wins for the Broncos is at minus 20. Over five and a half wins or five and a half touchdowns for Cortland Sutton is at minus 120. And over 975 and a half yards for Javante Williams is at plus 100. I kind of wonder where Aaron's going to go with this on his lock.
2: Oh, you're trying to tell me where to go? Free Javante Williams, baby. Anytime you can give me plus money for a guy that ran for 900 yards last year as a a secondary. Split back, split carries. I know he got 200 carries. Give him 200 carries again this year. He will be at 1,000 yards. Mark my words. Javante Williams, take money. That is a lock bet. Matter of fact, I might go bet on that right now.
1: Hey, there you go. Go, go make it happen. AJ, what
0: about you? What are these three bets? Are you locking in? Aaron went with his guy. I'm going with my guy and Russell's go-to guy over 5.5 for Cortland Sutton. I think that is a lock. Uh, there's no Tim Patrick to argue, even though you would say he wasn't right behind him, but we saw Tim Patrick take away stats from people before. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton's good for seven touchdowns at least. Uh, give me that, give me that, that money for Cortland Sutton over 5.5. Lock it in. I think that's good. I think that's a good bet. I think both are, I think both can be locks in my, in my opinion, especially that Cortland
1: Sutton one. We looked at, you look at Russell Wilson's past career in Seattle, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett never dropped below seven touchdowns in a season when they were both together under Russell Wilson. So this is something that is going to, I think ends up happening with Cortland Sutton where that would be my lock. uh, If I had to, if I had to specifically go with one, a little worried about Melvin Gordon, I'm hope I want Javante to cook. I really, Trust me, i have a lot invested in Javante Williams. And I really want him to cook. Oh, but, he ain't going to cook. He's going to eat. Javante Williams going to eat. All right.
0: Man.
1: Eat Javante Williams. Locking in those bets. Let's get into our record predictions. The Denver Broncos.
0: AJ, go ahead. So I have the Denver Broncos at 10 and 7 uh, this season. And uh, I have them sporting a very nice five-game win streak from weeks seven to week 12. Uh, I think that's when they really start to get hot and take off for a little bit. But just like uh, Aaron mentioned earlier, I think that Baltimore game is going to be really tough. Uh, and at that point, I mean, that 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 gauntlet of a stretch to the end of the season is just, just super rough. So uh, they really have to come out hot. I think there's a couple steps. The Las Vegas game will be tough. Indianapolis will be tough. Uh, but after that, I think they really start getting themselves together and uh, 10 and seven on the season on par with what you had in our beginning predictions. If you missed those, go check them out on our YouTube page. Aaron.
2: Yeah. I have a 10 got? and seven as well. I, I think they do get off to a hot start. I mentioned, I, I did say nine and I oh, I don't know if it's nine and zero. Oh, maybe it's seven and two, eight and one somewhere around there, but I do think they get off to a hot start and then they falter down the stretch and struggle um, to the end, because I think some of those teams that have playoff experience, the Raiders, uh, Baltimore has been there before KC, uh, the Rams, obviously. And then, they, then you have to play your division guys on the Chargers, and, and Arizona's right there, too. tough opponent. So I think they'll split some of those games, end up going four and five, four and six down the stretch, somewhere along the lines of that. And uh, they go 10 and seven overall
1: exactly what you had in your NFC West predictions as well. (laughs) You guys are right on par. I'm going to stick with what I had as well in in our predictions before, and and that'd be 11 and six for the Denver Broncos. I do see the same setup as you guys, where they start off hot and then that last bit of stretch is going to be tough, but I do think Denver along the way, figures it out like they they have to. And I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to be battling for a play. Like they're battling for either a playoff spot or home field advantage. There's going to be some type of battle that's going to keep Denver competing at the end of the season and like i said i think realistically i mean you look at that chargers game week 18 i mean like it happened last year with the chargers and raiders it could happen again this year with the chargers and, Bron- and broncos so uh it's gonna be a fun day that afc west is going to be a fun time and the denver broncos are going to be great as well that does it though for our did i miss something
0: yes I... what i miss. Where are we, we going to put these guys? Where are we going to rank them? Oh, shit. Shit. I got you, homie. Well, Aaron, let us know. Where are we oh. ranking the Denver Broncos? Oh, Aaron, come and save the day. Aaron, oh, come and save <laughs> the day.
2: Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, Broncos, you mentioned it. Playoff spot, looking going to be fighting for that. Um, I have them fight for that wild card spot. Um, we'll get into all you know our predictions stuff like that. But I got them ranked 13th. I think that's where we all kind of consensus is at. Uh, that should be a team that's right on the fringe right battling for a playoff spot but coming into the season I like their roster I think uh, 13th is a good spot for them um, heading into
1: there you have it now we can proceed <laughs> that does it for another episode of the Saxony podcast I want to remind everyone and honestly I'm going to give Aaron another shot at this oh. another roll on this oh yeah get prepared because after AJ tells the people where they can follow us at you're going to come hot and heavy little manscaped at AJ where can they follow us at though
0: I hope I do this correct and tell everybody they can follow us at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You know the deal. Once you get on your spot, you find the Sac City Pod, you're going to hit that like, you're going to hit that share, you're going to hit those follows, those subscribes, and then you're going to tell somebody about everything that you watch Sac City Pod five days a week right here on YouTube. Hashtag GMSC. Good morning, Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And now we are even. Let's
2: ride. <laughs> hey. Sponsored by Manscaped. Let's ride. Listen, <laughs> hey, support. You guys got to do this. Support the Stack Team Podcast. Watch down by Manscaped. For the best men's below the waist in the, in the on the market. Precision engineer tools for your family <laughs> tools. That's right, did say tools. Twenty over six million men worldwide. Worldwide, Craig and get you this exclusive offer 20 percent off free worldwide shipping with the code stack city and guys i got a question have you ever had that like long hair in your nose it's just kind of sticking out when you're on camera on the podcast well guess what i did to remove that i used the nose the nose trimmer that's right the absolute the weed whacker nose trimmer is waterproof it provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps reduce sticks snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes so make sure you go and get that part Of the performance package 4.0, no man can change. So, get 20% off free shipping with the code SACCity. That's 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com promo code SACCity. We do a protect your sack.
0: Protect no, sack, protect your
2: sack.
1: That, that's what we do. That's what we hey, do. I, here I, I, will say like,
2: I love the sponsor because I am a user of the Manscaped product. As you guys know, I told you this before. Came. i used the manscaped product far before, before this it's amazing it makes those things nice and smooth man it, sometimes i just walk around town just hold no i don't i i don't do that i don't do that but i'm just saying it'll make you want to have your hands in your pants a little bit more he's sta- take, care, he's sta- take care of your jewels and go and get you some manscape products promo code he stands
1: dad from south park walking around with a wheelbarrow of his ball, <laughs> shaved, manscaped balls freshly yeah, ball they do
2: they do require a wheelbarrow
1: yeah, there you go. There you go. That does it, though, for another episode of Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow, live at 10 a.m. Eastern time, covering uh, episode 65. We'll discuss the teams, find out then. Until then, for my best friend Aaron Dukes, and for my- oh. this guy. For my, your boy? My, my- <laughs> <laughs> for your boy, A.J. Johnson, I, and me. We will see you tomorrow. Holla.
0: How was that for some top tier NFL content? If you enjoyed that episode, go ahead and hit that follow button before you go. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite social media platform at Sac City Pod. Welcome to the city.